Hello, and welcome to the Let's Watch podcast. Uh, this is episode zero. Um, I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. Hi. Um, and what we do here is we talk about terrible movies, mostly, um, but one in this episode, hence it's, hence it's episode zero, and we just talk about what we've been doing, and Carolyn gives us one news story. So it will start... I'll run, do a breakdown of the show. We'll start with what we've been doing since we've last talked, which can be anywhere from a week till a year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Carolyn will give uh, her news story. Um, and then I have a, a trivia game for Carolyn. And if she gets six, seven out of ten out of the game, then she gets to pick a movie from a list of that I made myself. By thinking up off of Wikipedia between 1 and 262 and that's the movie we have to watch for next time um, but we're only gonna do that twice and then the other two times we'll just alternate will be picks so we just don't watch terrible movies because that might ruin the friendship I don't know <laughs> also I feel like it would just be a lot of anger and we'll have guests on um, our crazy friends that we both know or might one of us might not know who knows we'll figure this out also this could all change we're just kind of figuring this out i don't know what's going on <laughs> help me okay uh what have you watched carolyn or what have you read or what have you played or what have you done that's entertaining or interesting um, that you want to talk about i have played sims <laughs> which sims um okay well sims 3 because uh once you go forwards you can't go backwards uh, World Adventures is the expansion pack um, that I have currently been enjoying. Is I like because you to. Have no internet? Yes, because I have no internet in my house, so I have to play games that are not internet based. So uh, my favorite thing to do on The Sims 3 World Adventures is make nectar in France. Um, nectar is wine, just like woohoo is sex. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Oh, and while I've been doing that, I've been watching Supernatural because, once again, no internet. Therefore, no Netflix. Where are you, or what have you watched up to? Um, well, actually, kind of funny. I was just kind of marathoning it the other day while I was playing Sims, and all of the episodes were, like, fine and not too scary. There was one where it was, like, I don't know, some succubus or something was kidnapping unfaithful men or something in cars, and I'm like, well, I'm not an unfaithful man in a car, so I was fine. And then there was, like, someone drowning in a lake, whatever. So none of those were relevant, so they weren't particularly scary, but then the last one that I watched before I went to bed in my house alone and then, like, Abandoned Street was the Bloody Mary episode. So I was, like... Oh! Yep. Uh, yeah. I was, like, crapping my pants as I, you know, went to the bathroom and, like, looked at the nine mirrors I have in my room, and that was good. So I'm further it than that a, now, but, I mean, it scared me away for a little bit. It is a good show to watch while you're doing something else because you don't exactly have to pay attention to everything that's happening. Yeah, and it was, like, that's why I was playing Sims, to kind of, you know, lighten the, the load a little bit. Um, but when it was loading, I was like just staring at the TV and like I realized how freaky the show is with all its creepy music and like burning girlfriends on ceilings and like that's not a spoiler, that's episode one. But like, what season are you in? Um, I'm in season two right now. But I was like, well, I've seen a good chunk, but then I was rewatching because I like hadn't watched it for a while, so I completely forgot everything that happened. Um, so now I'm reworking my way through season um, one again. So. Yeah, I, I've watched the show up till the end of season seven and then stopped. Um, but I found like seasons three through five to the best because it was more story. Because the first two seasons are very much just like monster of the week with like yeah. an occasional story. It's more just about hanging out with Dean and Sam. Yeah, it feels very much like they're trying to give you the idea of what the show is about. Like these guys hunt monsters. And after a few episodes, you're like, I get it. You hunt monsters. So. But they're also pretty. This is also true. But for those, uh, for the Gilmore Girls watchers, it's a little bit confusing to see uh, Dean and Sam, and there's a Dean in Gilmore Girls, and the Dean in Supernatural is not the Dean in Gilmore Girls, so that's confusing. But but you should just recognize the actor, because one of them is super tall, and the other is short. Well, I'm sure he's average, but the other guy is like a giant. Yeah, it's just hard when like someone else is being like, oh, Dean, and instantly the picture that comes to your mind... Um, from, you know, six years of watching Gilmore Girls is the tall fellow, but that is not who they mean. What else have you been watching other than Supernatural, if anything, or reading? Hmm. Reading? I've been reading Amy Poehler's um, Yes, Please. Um, 
for whatever reason, I think my parents were trying to, well, I guess my whole family was trying to send me a message this year saying I'm not as funny as I think I am because I got um, three comedian biographies for Christmas. Um, <laughs> Telling you to work on your year. comedy. Yeah, it was um, Mindy Kaling's book, um, Lena Dunham's book, and Amy Poehler's book. And earlier in the year, they all knew that I had read Tina Fey's book. So really, I'm just working my way through them all. But um, only only lady comedians, no male comedians. Yeah. I, also, yeah. those four are very very you. Yes, this is also true. I'm. I really like Mindy's book. Um, so far, I'm really enjoying Amy Poehler's book too. I think I like Amy Poehler's book better than Tina Fey's book, um, largely because I find it a little bit more more relatable. Um, Amy Poehler is like slightly anal but funny, um, which she's hilarious. She is I like hilarious. Her so much. Um, whereas sometimes it felt like in Tina Fey's book she was going a little bit more for the the shocker kind of thing. You know, she would make like a, a dirty comment or whatever, just because you can. Whereas like when Amy Poehler is saying, like, there's a whole chapter literally titled just, like, I like sex, and it's, like, the least sexy sex chapter I've ever read, but, um, it just feels more honest, you know, not like she's doing it for the laughs, more just, that's her personality, and someone once was like, hey, you're funny, you should do something about it, um, so, yeah, I saw While We're Young a couple weeks ago, I've mentioned that to you, mm -hmm. um, I think I might be seeing clouds of Sils Maria, is that... I don't know. Clouds. With Good thing I have Rotten Tomatoes open. Well, I know how to spell it. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Cloud, clouds of Sils Maria, I would guess. That's what I would assume. I'm really just going to watch Kristen Stewart be attractive. Um, because I've heard it's good, you too. have an unholy lady crush I on do. I, it's it's um, become more than a lady crush, and now it's just um, like a soulmate kind of thing. But Does she return this? Well, she doesn't know yet, but she will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've heard actually that she's really good, and um, people seem to be uh, be a fan. And there's a lot of articles popping up on the internet um, that I read, and I basically feel like I wrote them because I've been saying this for years, and people are finally catching on that Kristen Stewart can act, and she's more than just uh, Twilight. So I think she just chose not to in the Twilight movies because it was largely the script. Um, like, that's a, you read the book. It's a terrible book. I mean, like, entertaining, yes, but terrible. And, like, if you just look at the script of Twilight, there wasn't a whole lot that you could work with. And I think she's making a lot wiser choices now. Um, I read a quote that she wrote somewhere saying, like, she really likes the whole, like, French scene. She was out over at the Cannes Film Festival, and she really likes that scene because it more just makes the type of movies that she's into. She's more into the whole art film thing, and I think that's really where she shines. Um, honestly. Well, and also Panic Room. That's a great movie. <laughs> she's like five, and she, uh, you can't even tell if she's a boy or a girl. She's the best. I think what she's done is partly uh, because like, she's made her money, so she doesn't really need to worry about having to do the big studio movies because she mm -hmm. got so rich off the Twilight franchise, so she can just kind of pick what she wants to do. Yeah. And maybe she just wants to go away from like the spotlight and like do small, good movies to prove that to people that... like the serious people who like film that she can actually act because she kind of got shit on a ton same with our pats for yep. them just being involved with the twilight franchise and they made a boatload of money and now they can go do whatever the hell they want yeah but it was hard for both of them to like break out of that because people just thought they were terrible and i think well i know at least in kristen stewart's case she takes acting and everything very seriously like she's never been about that celebrity life, like, she doesn't like it, and she's a very private person, and that's why I think a lot of people don't like her, because she's not willing to share aspects of her personal life um, in those interviews and that kind of thing. Um, she's very, I don't know, she feels very much like, you know, a real 20-something-year-old person who's just living a normal life, but she very much loves the craft and loves films and filmmaking in general, so now she's really, you're right, she's made her money, so she's allowed to kind of show that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Anything yeah. else? Nope. How about you? What have you been doing? Uh, uh, yesterday, uh, I watched Safety Not Guaranteed. Ah, the, yes. Have you seen it? I have. I heard it was, like, I heard it when it came out that it was very good, and it's, like, a couple years old at this mm -hmm. point. And it's an indie rom-com classic kind of manic pixie, except the girl's not manic pixie. I think it's more of the guy in this one. 
Is that uh, um, Aubrey it's Plaza and Steve Carell? Is that that one? No. Uh, oh. It's directed by Colin Trevorrow, who's directing the new Jurassic Park film. That's partly why I watched it, because I wanted to see if he was good. Right. Um, and it stars Aubrey Plaza, uh, Mark Duplass, oh, right. and Jake Johnson. Um, and Mark Duplass plays the, the commanding pixie dream guy, but not really a dream guy, kind of just a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but I liked the movie. I, I like, as it was going on, like... Jake Johnson plays an asshole, but he's kind of likable, even though he's an asshole. It's he's it's funny. Like the movie's, it is funny, but it, it's trying to be real, yeah. Um, even though it's about time travel, um, but it got to this point when uh, things are being revealed to people, and uh, it does something that I wasn't expecting, uh, because like Aubrey Plaza is working for Jake Johnson's character, and he works at a magazine, and she's the intern, so they're trying to get an article on this guy. So you'd assume. Uh, that he would find out that she's working for him and that would cause a problem, but they don't play it like that. They play it they play it differently, and I found it... Really, I thought it was going to go really interesting into a place of like, oh, this could go somewhere really cool uh, with the whole time travel thing and this whole character, and they, they didn't. They kind of played it... I thought they were going there, and then they came back around and played it to like the indie rom-com ending yeah. where like the lovable couple ends up together uh and i was kind of disappointed in that i thought it was going to go somewhere really cool but it didn't but i still liked it the acting is great mm -hmm. uh i really like jake johnson so i want him in more things even though i found found him the most interesting character in this movie and aubrey plaza is kind of just playing aubrey plaza like from parks yep. and rec so that's but it's good the only character she plays but what's kind of what i liked is that um you're right it did take a turn and it was kind of like oh okay you kind of I felt a little cheated at the end, I guess. Um, but what is kind of interesting, and like this is very much very with the indie vibe of the film, um, Aubrey Plaza is kind of like she's chasing a story, but she hopes it pans out, you know? And like that's kind of like, I don't know, commentaries on how cynical we are. But like, you know, sometimes we need a little hope and we need something to be different and something to be interesting and someone else to take the risk and in, in telling us that it's, you know, pretty remarkable so that was cool but then you're right it ended up just being like yeah Andy yeah, I thought, <laughs> um I thought like like Aubrey Plaza even though she's playing a similar character again she was still really good yeah I was hoping that it was going to be something more and it's just fairly much like a good one in that genre it doesn't like elevate itself from it and being something else yeah um but I I enjoyed it I, it's short so if you're in the mood for that type of thing I would I would watch it it's better than fucking all the rom-coms that Hollywood releases. I will take an indie rom-com over a rom-com rom-com any day. Like Ducks. Indie rom-coms are your alley. Yes, there's that just is... something quirky and like more more real about them, you know? Like this movie about time travel is more real than, you know, 27 dresses to me. Or so Dear John with Charming Potato. That is <laughs> Yes, but Nicholas Sparks is kind of sets the bar in a whole other world for uh... <laughs> a low bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then uh on the weekend the previous weekend mm -hmm. i'd watched uh the original mad max from 1979 uh, by the same director as the new one as i'm sure everybody knows um and boy does that movie not hold up from my childhood oh boy uh it is partly terrible uh, but you can see the talent, and it's very much like the same style as the previous, as the subsequent Mad Max movies, actually. Um, like, the way he shoots car chases, I like just find really interesting and action scenes, but there's all points in that movie where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, granted, it's in Australian, and it was uh, a poor quality version of the movie, so, like, I couldn't really understand what was going on, and Mad Max just kind of isn't in the movie for like the middle 40 minutes like he's supposed to be the main character he's there at the beginning and then other things happen with the characters uh and then he suddenly reappears and then everything terrible happens and it it does set the character on a interesting path but don't watch the original mad max just go to road warrior it's <laughs> so much better please don't start with the original mad max because it would just be like this movie does not hold up for 2015 since it was made 36 years ago well, we have different standards for movies now. Like, our attention spans are a little lacking. Um, you know, it has to be fast-paced explosions, car chases, attractive Charlize Thrones, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
and the old movies just don't have that. They're, they're a lot slower paced. Um, and so, yeah, when we watch them now, we're kind of like, Ugh. and we notice all of the, I feel like in a slower paced movie, you notice all of those campy elements. And you either learn to love them or you really just are kind of like, yeah, this isn't amazing. Also, like, the budget was super tiny. Um, special effects and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all, it's all, like, there's no special effects in the 70s. Like, I would say Road Warrior. I haven't watched it in a couple years, so I, I can't remember. But I do think Road Warrior will hold up because it is very much more of a modern movie in the 80s, even though it's a couple years later. And it has a bigger budget. And they feel like he had a more, like, it enters the apocalypse, like, post-apocalyptic area, whereas Mad Max is very much, like, it's just about to start, but it hasn't happened yet. And right. it's more about Mad Max's character, even though he's not in the movie for like half the movie, which I found really, it would have been a great 50 minute movie. There was this whole part in the middle where I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Please let's go on. Um, but the only other thing I've done is I started playing a game called the Witcher three, the wild hunt. And Oh God, help me. I'm about to fall into a deep world. And <laughs> I just, that's all I'm going to be doing. Cause it's, it's all I want to do. It's so good. It's, it's giant and it's open world and you're playing. The story seems interesting. I don't really know what's going on having not played one or two. Uh, so I'm trying to play catch up, but I don't think you really need it. Cause I think they're all individual tales. Um, but the world just feels uh, incredibly lived in. Like, I, like you're riding your horse through these towns and like some villages, like tiny villages are like prospering and then you go to the next one and it's burnt down and everyone's struggling. And it's even tiny touches. Like when it rains, the people run inside, hmm. uh, which you don't normally see in a video game. And it's a, like, it's like ancient mythology. It's like a, it's based off a Polish book. Um, and there's like a bunch of mythical creatures. And that's kind of what the Witcher is. He hunts these mythical creatures, but the people don't like them. They just want them there till it's gone. And they want them to leave because from what I understand, a Witcher is you go and train for years and then your, your body gets mutated. And then you are like super strong. You have like magic abilities and you live a really long time, but your like emotions of what makes you human isn't really there anymore. So you're kind right. of, you're not like a great guy. Like you, <laughs> but you're great at you killing do. beasts. And people, uh, oh. but it's really good at the world. Like this is a big, big game and I'm just shortly into it. And there's just like all of these things on the map. And I'm just like, oh no, oh no. I was like looking on the Amazon page at the Polish books to see if they're over here and they're all over here. And I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. This is all you're going to be doing for like the next month then. And I was like, but it will be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Games like that are interesting. Like you can really see how the whole gamer culture happens. Like, when you think video games, like, I honestly think just, like, my brother playing NHL and yelling at the screen. But, like, <laughs> with games like that, it really, it is a whole other world. It's like watching a movie or, like, an extended television series. Like, you're finding all of the different journeys and, you know, you discover. It's, it's one of those choose-your-own-destiny books. But, like, in a TV show, in a game, like, it's, it's interesting. The games that I'm most interested in are certainly the games with, like, a, like a narrative, but, like, outside of the narrative like you are that character and you can go do little adventures with him that mm -hmm. wouldn't be covered in like a tv show or a movie version and i think what i hopefully what they're getting towards i think because the game's writing isn't as good as movie or tvs because the best writers go there or they write books yeah and like games are written by people who make games so yeah. like they might not be writers um but they're hopefully they're getting to a point where like they have this valuable resource of like the player is already immersed in the world by just playing so you don't need to do like a bunch of like you don't need to immerse them like that will happen if it's if the game's good so just tell a good story um and i think that will bring people over like i'm terrible at them but i really like this and like it it was hard to learn like a beginning because it's like i don't know what i'm doing but i think I've picked it up a little bit. I'm only like seven hours in, and apparently this is like a 200-hour game, which oh, I, wow. like, what's if you do everything? I'm pretty sure I won't do that. Hello? What's your news story, Carolyn? My news story? Well, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, can we decide on a way to say this? Okay, the, the Cannes Film Festival, the Cannes Film Festival, Cannes, Cannes. Cannes Film Festival. Cannes. I have, uh, like 10 movies picked out that I heard were really good. That yes. might actually come here. Um, so that ended, like, yesterday, um, or the day before, or today. It ended recently. Um, and so the, this is kind of a fun news story because it requires me to just butcher all things French. 
Um, <laughs> but so the Palme d'Or, that's the um, the main award that oops, sorry, the main award that comes out of the film festival. So it's like the it's the greatest honor. It's the grand prize, whatever. Um, so the movie that was the Palme d'Or um, has it's called Dipan, I think, or Dipan. I don't know. It's by uh, Jacques Audiardsi, very French. Um, he's the guy who directed Rust and Bone, also. Um, and I don't remember. And a prophet. True. So he's had a few other big films coming out of this same film festival in other years. Um, but what I've been hearing is that. After the screening, everyone was like, oh, that was amazing, standing ovation, that kind of thing. But when it was announced that it won the Palm, people weren't as excited. Um, it was generally agreed that it was a very, very well-directed and performed um, movie. And so as a movie itself, it was a really good movie. Um, the actors were incredible and um, largely unknown to my knowledge, um, and the directing was amazing. But people were complaining that um, the film festival is known for its daring films that debut there um, and that kind of thing. And they were saying when put up against the other films that were shown, it just really didn't hold as much weight. There was a lot more films that were daring. Um, so a lot of the ones that I've heard about um, are The Assassin, which in one of the articles that I was reading, it said there was visual poetry on the screen. So the daring thing that that did um, was basically focus more on the visuals than it did on um, you know, story and that kind of thing. And that, that one actually won Best Director. Um, the Lobster, that one was c called Sophisticated and Absurd, but um, it was daring in that. Do you know what that movie's about? Sorry. I, I don't, off, actually. Um, there's a lot of movies I was looking I up, can, but I can tell it. you, because that was the one. I've, I read a review mm -hmm. about it. Um, basically, that movie is by, I believe it's by the director who did, like, Dogtooth. He's German. He does, like, weird... Yeah. He's very weird, like he existentialist, like he goes, he, he thinks differently than other directors. Um, but it's basically about a bunch of single people, widowers or people who can't find a mate, uh, a husband or wife or a partner. Um, and if they can't in this a certain amount of time at this resort, they're turned into an animal of their choosing. And the main character chooses a lobster. Hence the title. And he's played by Colin Farrell, and apparently he's great. Yeah, um, yeah, right. I do remember this movie more now that you mentioned that. Um, yeah, so what the critics really liked about that movie is that it kind of, it tackled a very interesting concept. Um, you know, it wasn't based historically, you know, that kind of thing. It was like, like, like they said, it was absurd, but it was also very well told and very complete in its telling. Like, they really thought through the premise. Another one, this one, um, actually these last two were very, very big contenders for the Palm, and I think they were kind of the leading contenders before the award actually was won, um, and that was Son of Saul um, and Carol. Son of Saul won the Grand Prix Award, and it's basically a different take on the Auschwitz concentration camp story. Um, so what they really liked about that is that it was kind of a new context for such a grim topic. So people were saying that that was just a really interesting retelling and kind of a different look on the concentration systems and apparently the way it was told was like incredible and you know scary and it, they kind of made it into more of like a real life thriller um, rather than just like the normal sad telling kind of thing so it really put you in the concentration camp which is interesting and um, Carol uh, Rooney Mara is in that with Kate Blanchett, and Rooney Mara actually won the Best Actress Award um, coming out of this festival. So what people were saying for that one, it's basically um, a love story between Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. And apparently it, um, they said it tactfully balanced um, this developing romance, but what people appreciated about the directing was that he never was putting this um, lesbian relationship on, like, to be put under scrutiny or for people to sensualize it or sensationalize it. Um, it wasn't done that way. It was done very much like any deep contact or anything was, you know, left for the privacy of these two characters. And so you really believed it as a romance story rather than like, look, two girls making out. So apparently it was strikingly personal and relatable for all audiences. Um, and so that's what people really appreciated about that. So it's kind of interesting that the... Um, the front runner out of this festival, people said was really good, but compared to the other ones, they all had something that was just, that was daring and something that was new and fresh. Um, and this one, 
less so, it kind of sounded like. Um, that's not to say that it's not a great film, because I have heard amazing things about it. Um, and this director is very, very good at what he does. So, yes. I Just one thing on The, the Son of Saul. I knew you were talking about how, uh, I think you mentioned it was like, told in a in a mm -hmm. new way um what they what the director actually did and this is just for me reading something about the movie is that it was kind of placed uh like behind you were just following this one character and it was like i don't think you could see much past yeah. his shoulders like i'm like the whole movie isn't like that they'll use the big they'll, they'll cut to something else to like make that moment mean more but it's like just it like follows him like the camera's just kind of following him um so you never leave that character uh, which apparently from what like I've read about that movie is is what makes that movie more than what it like it was a good story but the way they told it is inventive yeah. and that's and yeah that's the type of thing that we usually see coming out of this festival like if it was any other story of the same nature it you know wouldn't have necessarily found such a home um in the competition um at this festival this year but yeah like you said it's the the interesting way of telling that's that's very daring it could have not worked it could have blown up in the guy's face, um, but it did work, and that's why it, it got the Grand Prix prize, um, which is essentially second place. Um, that's like an honorable mention. It's runner-up to the Palme d'Or. So that, uh, that was a very big contender, and that's why a lot of people saw um, Deepan come out, and they were like, yeah, it was good, but so. Uh, the one that people will most likely hear about is Carol, <laughs> though, because it has uh, Rooney Mara and... Kate Blanchett or Carte Blanche. <laughs> well, what I've been hearing about Rooney Mara is that, um, I mean, <laughs> people might be getting ahead of themselves here, but they are saying that she should be an Oscar contender uh, for Best Supporting Actress. Um, so that's cool. Best Supporting? Yeah, um, Kate Blanchett is the main character, and um, she's like, there's multiple male characters, but I feel like we don't really care about that in this film, if you know what I mean. Um, well, from what I've from what I've heard, it's it's about yeah, those but two. So it, it essentially it be... follows Kate Blanchett, and it's more a little bit behind her life. Oh, okay. And the premise is she meets um, Rooney Mara's character, which is kind of a younger salesperson. Essentially, um, she meets her at a department store, and she's putting in an order for something. So that that's kind of how they meet, um, and then it develops from there. So it's that's I think why they said it was you know more of a a romance story rather than like and sensationalist piece because they're playing more with the age dynamic between the two. They're saying, like, Rooney Mara is like this young person and Kate Blanchett's, you know, getting up there slowly, but she is. Um, so I think that's something that they really considered <laughs> in this story too. Also, um, interesting fact that that story was based on a novel. Um, the movie was based on a novel and the novel was kind of, um, Apparently it was really good. It was came out in the 50s, which I find kind of surprising. Um, but it was also kind of, you know, out of date and um, kind of, you know, kitschy in its delivery and that kind of thing. And so this movie really developed it into like a respectable, believable story, um, which I find kind of cool. And people are saying they really like the adaptation that came out of this um, this book to movie. Cool. That actually, that I, I wanted to see mm -hmm. that movie when I heard about it, but I imagine that's the one that will probably come over. If it does make the Oscars here, that would be the movie. Yes. Icons. Because I don't think Deepan or Son of Saul will just because they're foreign language. So they won't obviously get the big push. I'm assuming they're foreign language. Um, um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, Deepan is a French film as far as I know. And I'm not sure so about Son Saul of Saul. Is German or something. Maybe. I would, I would assume that <laughs> I knew they were both foreign language. Um, but I'll just say the, you mentioned a couple of movies on the list of my films, unless you have any others no, that you want to talk about. No, that's about it. Um, the other ones that I heard, uh, that I heard were really good and Buzz was coming out of the festival, um, was the Amy Winehouse documentary, yeah. Amy. Apparently that is incredible. It's directed by the guy who did Senna. And if like you've seen that movie, then more documentaries from that guy, please. Mm -hmm. um, apparently he does a very, very, very good job. Um, you said Carol, The Lobster. Uh, and Deepan were all there. Uh, the other ones, uh, Pixar's movie premiere, Inside Out premiered there. It wasn't in competition or anything, but apparently it's it's by the guy who did Up. It's his next movie after Up, and apparently it's comparable to that one. So What's interesting good things um, about up. Inside Out is it was actually set to release in 2014, um, but they really just wanted to 
perfect it. And so um, they push back the release date, which is something Pixar doesn't... I mean, it happens a lot in the movie world, but it's something that Pixar... Good, 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 good. What? But that's good that Pixar yes. pushed it back. They um, learned. It's something that doesn't normally happen, but it was, it was very good because the movie is getting incredible reviews. It's saying um, of the non-competition movies that were premiered at Cannes, It and um, Mad Max are the ones that are coming out at the top. And so what's interesting is Pixar is very known for having one movie come out every year. Um, and because they push it back, they didn't have any movie come out in 2014, which is something that they had to consider when they were pushing it back. But I think that it, it worked out in its favor. So now it'll have um, two movies coming out in 2015, which is kind of interesting. So we'll see if they compete against each other or like how that works. But What's what's the second? Movie um, I couldn't out? tell you actually. I just read an article is it a, that said. Uh, is it Finding Dory? Oh, it might be actually. Um, Pixar. I, I know. I know they're alternating between like sequel and original. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, you look that up. I'll read the other ones okay. out. Uh, uh, Sicaro by uh, Denis Villeneuve, the director of Enemy and uh, um, Prisoners. It has. Emily Blunt in a lead role as a cop. Apparently, it's, it's very good. Oh, I've heard good. she's amazing in that. Uh, and then the other movie uh, starring Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard was the adaptation of Macbeth. And apparently, it is magnificent. Like, it's a modern, uh, huge over... Like, they did a lot of... Uh, with the story, they fit it into two hours. Like, they cut necessary stuff out, and they made other characters more important. Um, but apparently... Uh, I've read more about the movie, but I don't want to spoil anything. But the tagline, for what I've heard, is that it's like... It's been Macbeth has been made like Game of Thrones oh, wow. for the modern world, like brutal, like stuff that happens in the play, but isn't like actually told. It's just mentioned, like they show here. Um, so apparently, it is supposed to be magnificent. So, and that one will come out over here as well. So I'm excited for that. Um, what was the? What did you find out about the? The Pixar Good Dinosaur, um, which basically. <laughs> That's not a sequel. <laughs> we were entirely yeah, so wrong. So basically, um, what the Good Dinosaur is about is um, if the asteroid that like wiped out the dinosaurs, um, what if it missed Earth and dinosaurs were still kicking around, is what it's about. Are they making, Pixar's making their version of Land Before Time? Because I'm all in if that's <laughs> or, the Or uh, did you ever see Dinosaur? That was a great movie. Um, like the, the one with like the, the animatronic dinosaurs that talked? Were they animatronic? Like the family of dinosaurs, right? No, no, that was like, that was something else. Dinosaur... It's, it's hard because it's like you can't look <laughs> dinosaur movie. You can't look up a movie that's just called Dinosaur. Oh, you're right. These might have been animatronic. I thought it was just really bad CGI. Oh, that's not good if the animatronics look like really well, bad was, CGI. That means they weren't done very well either. Um, oh, I think I know what you're I think you're it is just really bad now. CGI. Well, I am always in for Pixar's new IPs. Uh, it, when they make a new movie, I'm way more interested when they do a sequel. Except they're doing an incredible sequel, which I'm interested for, but I don't really care about Finding yeah. Dory. I'm like, why? It doesn't need to be... You're taking away like people's favorite characters and having to go find her. <laughs> yep. Well, what's interesting about Inside Out is that um, the, uh, there's a book um, called Creativity, Inc. that is essentially about Pixar and their behind-the-scenes processes. And they talk about, it's a very recent book, I guess, because they do talk about Inside Out in it. Um, and something that they learned from a bunch of the processes is, like, there's a thing, I don't know what it's called. I think it's, like, the brain bank or something. Um, so, basically, the only rules of this, it's kind of a brainstorming session, and the only rules are you have to be open to people's suggestions, and you have to be completely honest. So, people will read your play, or, or not your play, I guess your screenplay, um, or watch whatever clip of your movie you have going, and they will just be completely brutally honest. And Pixar has kind of adapted this way um, for making their films. Um, and that kind of came out of uh, Toy Story 2, because they were working on um, a different movie at the time, and all of their focus was going into the different movie. And um, I think Monsters, Inc., I think, is the movie that it was. Um, and so everyone was working so hard on this new one that they kind of put, like, a B team of not as advanced writers on Toy Story 2. And um, so they kind of didn't check up on it and they were watching like clips here and there and they were like, 
it's fine, it's not amazing, um, but they didn't realize that when you put a bunch of it's fine, it's not amazing clips together, it makes for a really bad movie. Because um, <laughs> every movie has, you know, it's not great scenes. So anyways, they watched like the rough cut and they were like, this is terrible. Like this is actually just really bad. And so they essentially um, scrapped the process and started over. And that's when they kind of realized that they needed to be having honest feedback all the way through and kind of um, watching things at every stage. So that is the reason that they pushed back Inside Out because they were kind of, you know, um, having these discussions and brainstorming meetings and they really just wanted to make it a good movie before they released it. And um, yeah, it definitely worked um, because it's That's... another Pixar movie that, you know, people our age are finding fun and worth the watch. So I'm, I'm really excited. It comes out June 19th, which is the day you finish your course. This is true. It also has... Um, so that would be a nice little present for it you. It has an all-star uh, animated cast. Amy Poehler. And uh, Mindy Kaling. And um, Bill Hader. Yep. And Phyllis from The Office, who's also named real name, name in real life is Phyllis, but I forget her last <laughs> but name. But it's Phyllis. So yep. it's Phyllis. So it's uh, very much a comedy, comedy team. And for those who don't know the premise, um, it essentially follows the story of an 11-year-old girl based on the, uh, the creator of the movie's um, 11-year-old daughter. He kind of was like, I wonder what's going on in her brain. Let's see if we can, you know, put it to the screen. So... What it kind of touches on is um, each character is a different emotion in her brain, and their goal is to kind of come together and complete whatever brain mission she has going on. Um, so there's like sadness, there's joy, the utter joy that a you That's know eleven year old girl. Yep, Amy Poehler playing the joy that uh, that is very Leslie Nope of her, but <laughs> so. And uh, Mindy Kaling plays disgust, which is also. Very Mindy Kaling. Yes, you can just hear her saying "ew" in your head right now. Like, yeah. Okay. Do you want to move on to um, the trivia and then picking the movie and then I you can, I know you're busy being all popular. <laughs> so popular. Uh, yeah, sure. Your, trivia time. She, Hit me. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about with your news, I didn't want to cut it short. Unless you wanted to. Nope. We covered. Then... Uh, we covered Ken. So Ken. Con. Okay. Cool. Uh, Ken. If, if you're if you're Canadian, Cannes Film Festival, which Carolyn isn't, she's <laughs> a poser Canadian. Yes, she's like she's an amalgamation of a bunch of things, mainly <laughs> because she lived everywhere in the world before she moved here, and yeah. just picked up weird accent like what I couldn't understand lobster because it sounded like love hurt. The the love hurt, my favorite movie, the love hurt. <laughs> okay um right. let's say if you get seven out of ten um you get to pick the number and if you don't then i'll get to pick the number and then we get to see what movie we'll get to watch next all right let's i'll do the test run here to example of the game so i'm going to say the actor's name and carolyn has to name the movie their highest grossing mo domestic movie um so for example tom hanks um, and then I have it, this movie made $415 million over the life of its run. Um, and then I have three clues for her as well. Um, and she can guess at each one. Uh, it came out in the year 2010. Its director is Leek Unrich, and its biggest co star is Tim Allen. And obviously, Dunks would then say Toy Story 2. Nope. Toy Story 3. Yep. <laughs> Toy Story 7. It's sad because um, we did this practice round and I still don't know the answer. So, <laughs> so the next one uh, Tom Cruise. It made $234 million. Oh, that, that's my only clue. Um, Top Gun. Nope. That was a good guess, though. Yeah. It came out in the year 2005. Oh. Uh, Mission Impossible? Three, two, three. Two, two, three. N three. No. No? No. no. To both you would have been closer with the year with two. Uh, um... It was directed by Steven Spielberg. This might be the toughest one on here. Okay. Steven Spielberg. I honestly didn't know they did a movie together. And uh, Dakota Fanning is his biggest co-star. Oh, War of the Worlds. There you go. Ding. It's uh, that Dakota Fanning, man. Bruce Willis. It made $293 million. Die Hard? No. Came out in 1999. Die Hard was everyone's first guess, though. I believe that. Um, 1999? Yes, ma'am. I don't know what else he's been in. 
Hit me up with another clue. M. Night Shyamalan is the director. Sixth Sense. There you go. Nice. Um, I don't know how we're going to keep score here because you'll just get it after all the clues on all of them. <laughs> so we'll just say, if you don't, let's just go with it. Next one is Liam Neeson. Take and it. And it made, no, $474 million. And it came out in 1999. It's not Taken. Taken came out in like 2012, Carolyn. <laughs> no, that was Taken 2. Taken 7. <laughs> um, Liam Neeson. 1999. Star Wars. Yep. But I have to guess which one. Um, 1999. Were those the new ones? Yes. Um, Star Wars. You can just guess the episode number. Four. Wait. Four? No. In, was... in chronological order, or like? In chronological order. Um, two. No. Was it one? Yeah. Mm, true. Uh, so, we'll say you got that one wrong? Yep. Okay. So you're two for three. Next one is Will Smith, and it made $306 million. Wait, who? Will Smith. Um. He's from Philly. Uh, Men in Black. No, that would be sad. No, it came out in 1996. Uh, oh. His last good movie was in 1996? No, this is the biggest opening he had. Not his last good movie. Okay, but this like his last good movie made. was in 1996. No, no, he's made better movies than this movie. Um, okay, well that <laughs> Men cancels Men in Black out. was one of them. <laughs> that cancels out iRobot and all those ones. Um, I don't know, those are pretty great, Carolyn. They're amazing. Um... It's... Do you want the co-star? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Pretty sure that was Men in Black. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any Will Smith movies. It's directed by Roland Emmerich. Hey, what is it? Independence Day. Oh, wow. Have you not seen that movie? I have seen that movie. It's where the aliens pee out of their fingers. Well, that's a weird thing to remember from that movie, <laughs> but okay. Uh, next one is a personal favorite of yours. Okay. ScarJo. Ooh, she's foxy. And this may be, this may be, this movie made $623 million. Um, her. Her? Her. Wasn't she in that as the sexy voice? $623 million for okay, her? Okay, no, no, that's true. Um, oh, it Avengers? Of, yeah, there you go. True. So I think you, let's go six out of ten, because you need to get the rest of them right, right. to win. Um, Bradley Cooper, this movie made $349 million. Um, the Hangover. No, surprisingly. Really? It that's, came, this, that's good. This movie came out in 2014. Silver Linings? No. That's a good it's, movie. I know, it's directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, American Sniper. There you go. Sandra Bullock. This movie made $274 million. The Blind Side? No. It came out in 2013. So more recent than The Blind Side? Mm -hmm. And you're 4 for uh, 7 right now. Um, I think The Blind Side came out in 2011, maybe? 2010? Something like that. Something there around there. I was hoping it was Miss Congeniality, but it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> um... What has she been in lately? She was in The Heat, but that was more recently. It's directed by Alfonso Cuaron. That name's very familiar. He won Best Director for this movie. I'm sure that he did. When was this, 2014? 2013. Ah, if it was 2014, I would know, because I watched those Oscars. Um. <laughs> the co-star is George Clooney. Oh. Um, was she in Up in the Air? No. Who's the lady in Up in the Air? Uh, Anna Kendrick. No, 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 the old lady. Doesn't he fall Vera in love with Farmiga. someone? Vera Farmiga. Oh. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Gravity. Oh, okay, yep, duh. Yep. Four for eight. 
You need to get these two right Ugh. to to win. This is a toughie. Uh, Angelina Jolie. This movie made two hundred forty-one million dollars. Um. I I hope it's Tomb Raider, but I do not have faith that it's Tomb Raider. <laughs> this movie came out in twenty fourteen. Um, so it's not Tomb Raider. Um. How, many, how much clothes was she wearing? I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know. But in the trailers, she was wearing lots of clothes. Not like on top of each other, but she was clothed. She was clothed. That's rare. Um, the co-star's Elle Fanning. Now I have no idea. Um, it's, a, it's a Disney movie. Oh! Oh! Yes, her daughter was also in that one. Uh, Maleficent. Yes. It's Maleficent? Yes. I've been saying it wrong. What have you been saying? Nothing. It's not important. I was saying Maleficent, obviously, <laughs> Carolyn. Um, it was. I was saying Maleficent. True. Uh, I think you're going to win because the next one is uh, pretty easy for you, anyway. It's Kristen Stewart, uh, and this movie made $300 million. Was it Twilight? This movie came out in 2010. Um, so it wasn't Twilight? It was, but it wasn't oh. technically called Twilight. Was it New Moon? I don't remember what all the Twilights are called. Breaking it's, Dawn. No, that's the first one. No, it's it? not. Uh, no, that's the, the, the... This would be the last one. Breaking There's Dawn is the last one. Oh, nope, it's not that one. This one, is her co-star is, guess who it is? Our Pats. Our Pats. Okay, there's... Oh, they made it into five movies, didn't they? Well, Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2 are the last two. It's neither of those. Right, so it's the one and that it's I'm not. Forgetting. I don't know if it's the first one, because I don't know the order. The first one's called Twilight. <laughs> it's not that one. <laughs> and then there's New Moon, Breaking Dawn, and... Um, you know, I'm proud that I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to Google it. Cause I no, you it. can't cheat. I'm going to cheat. Twilight. Um... I really, I want to be able to guess it. It's also something that happens with the sun. Eclipse. There you go. Yeah. Since you're a filthy cheater. I am a filthy uh, cheater. We're going to go to the next one, uh, which I imagine will be harder. It's Drew Barrymore, and this oh. movie made $435 million. E.T. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so... You win again. Nice. Uh, because on the previously unreleased one that will probably come out whenever we do have done a year's worth as like a special, look how terrible we were when we started. <laughs> um, you'll hear Carolyn win the trivia game that time as well. So Carolyn. Yes. Uh, can you pick a number between 1 and 262? 37. Oh boy. I fucking hate you so much. What are we watching? Geely. What? Geely. How do you spell that? I'll look it up. On re it's the one with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. I thought that was Geely. Uh, it, it might be. Let's see. <laughs> I thought it was Geely. Oh, ah, it 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're starting with a banger. Oh my goodness. It has... A 2.3 on IMDb. <laughs> Why did you pick 37? Wow. Why did you pick my favorite number? That's amazing. And it's Geegly. Uh, Wait. No, Geegly? it is Geely. You're right. But it's spelled Geely? Geegly. Oh, I hate you so much. That's going to be so... How long is it? Like too long. Oh, J-Lo is scantily clad. It looks like a bad action movie on the cover. What? Are you on IMDb? Um, yeah, but not that cover. It's when you Google the movie, um, it, like, pops up on the side with this, like, colorful, bad action movie thing. Ben Affleck's wearing a leather coat. It's gorgeous. It's two hours long. I can't wait. This movie made $5.7 million at the box office. Oh and it's known as being one of the worst movies ever made. So we're starting with a banger. Okay. The violent story about how a criminal lesbian, a tough guy hitman with a heart of gold, and a mentally challenged man came to be best friends through a hostage. Oh, God. 
Yep. Are, is this going to, like, ruin Ben Affleck for me? Because I've only seen, like, post-good Ben Affleck movies. Well, I've only seen bad Ben Affleck movies, so this is setting the bar nice and low. Even the ones he directed? I haven't seen those. Carolyn! Like, uh, Argo and things? What are you doing? Just working? Not watching movies all day? Yeah, something like that. No, I only watch my indie rom-coms. You know that. Well, this is like an indie rom-com, except it's Hollywood rom-com and terrible. <laughs> so, so, like, completely not like an indie rom-com. Isn't it interesting no. how the bigger the budget, the worse the movie, it seems? Ugh. God yeah. damn it. There were so many more movies that were better that we could have fun with. So what we're going to do uh, for this, um, time depending, obviously, if one of us has to be somewhere. Or we actually, we can just w save it till the day where we both have, like more than an hour free because they might only the episodes might only be an hour long but we always end up talking for more than an hour because we like to talk to each other yep um so we'll do the the stuff in the intro like that stuff i think this news story was long because of cons and i forgot about that i yep. should have guessed that would be your news but we'll do a um i'll take notes while i watch it so you don't have to take notes Okay. And then we'll talk about the movie, and then we'll just go through, like, the movie. And, like, we'll skip some stuff, but we'll just talk about stuff. Because the only way I'm going to get any enjoyment out of this fucking movie is if I get to talk to you and we just make fun of it. <laughs> and laugh about the horrible parts of the movie. I'm and looking then, forward to it. And then at the end, we'll decide if it's better than if it deserves its 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Or it's, what, 2.7 on IMDb? 2.3. Oh, I was giving it too much credit. Um... But anyway, thank you for listening to the first time we did this, the Let's Watch podcast. Um, do you want to plug anything, Carolyn, or no? Um, follow me, at CheeseFan, number one. I just like saying my Twitter handle. Like, I, you don't need to follow me. I just like saying my Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. Uh, um, anything else? Nope, that's it. Uh, and you can follow me at, at James underscore Willicks. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought. If you have any movie suggestions, I have a bunch, but I'm sure I've missed any. Just let them down. Don't leave them down um, in the review section or whatever, or tweet us to them. But anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Oh, bye.